1: Hi, I'm Keegan. And I'm Madigan. And you're listening to Your Angry Angry Neighborhood Neighborhood Feminist. Feminist. This is a podcast where we explore the world through our own personal feminist perspective. Today is a mini episode, and we are going to be talking about some stuff that's in the news. Sure are. Yeah. And it is a holiday week for us. I think it's really weird to have the 4th of July on a Wednesday. Mm -hmm. We're recording this on a Tuesday. So I don't know about you, but for me... It has been kind of a loopy week.
2: Oh yeah, I mean, I'm usually working pretty much every day, so I worked Saturday, I didn't work Sunday, and that, so Sunday felt like a Saturday, and then Monday felt like a Sunday, and then today feels like a Friday.
1: It's a, yeah, it feels like a Friday to me Tomorrow is going to be
2: like a Saturday. It's yeah, really bizarre. It's
1: completely throwing me off. It feels like a vacation episode or something. Like I don't know. It feels very weird, even though I worked all day today. But that is neither here nor there.
2: Any whoozles? What do you want to start with?
1: Um. Okay. Well, I think. And you can stop me if you have something sadder, since we always start with the worst. (laughs) Okay. What's your worst? I am going to talk about the shooting that happened on June 28th. So, um, this is America, and happy Independence Day. There was another shooting last week. On June 28th, there was a shooting in the... And I realize that this is old news, really, to a lot of people in the United States, but I think we need to talk about it anyway, yeah. um, because it happened, I think, the day our last episode went up. It did, because doesn't it
2: always happen? It always happens. Big news happens on Thursdays, apparently.
1: Yeah. Um, so, the Capital Gazette newsroom in Annapolis, um, Maryland... Um, there was a shooting there where five people were killed and I really want to talk about this because I think it's important to talk about, I'm not going to say the shooter's name. I'm not going to go into that, but there's so much surrounding the shooting that has happened in time since the shooting happened that mm-hmm. I think it's, um, worth discussing. So okay. let's backtrack. Okay. This whole thing started with this shooter. Um, he stalked a girl that he liked, he was kind of like a weirdo, and he was like, five years ago, and he was like, I'm going to talk to this girl and be like, hey, you were the only one who was nice to me in high school, on Facebook, he connected with her on Facebook, and...
2: How many times have we heard basically this
1: story? Yeah. Oh, yeah. But hold on. It's, okay, I'm
2: holding on. But I'm already, I just, My eyes are just rolling
1: already. Yeah. Of course. He's a fucking creep. Like all of these shooters are. Um Do you
2: feel entitled to the women yes? that they are find attractive. He's a
1: fucking entitled creep. You will see recurring themes in all of his behavior as we talk about this dude. Good. So. He reached out to her on Facebook, was like, You were the only one who was nice to me in high school, and she, like I would have done, like you probably would have done, was just like, Oh, you know, I'm glad you're doing well now. Or whatever. Just like a normal person who is kind. And he took that as like, I'm gonna stalk the fuck out of you now. And started taking pictures of her outside of her work and doing all this stuff. So he Jesus uh, Christ. Not he, sorry. So she Um, charged him with harassment and stalking. Mm -hmm. And um, the paper, because this is a small area, they wrote about that. So Mm -hmm. the Capital Gazette, five years ago, wrote about his stalking behavior. And so then he decides he's going to sue the paper for defamation... And represents himself in court, and the judge has to be the one who's like, that's not how defamation works. I'm sorry,
2: but if you ever represent yourself in court, that just makes you look so
1: bad. You look so dumb. It is not a good look.
2: It's not a good look. It's not cute, guys. It's and not It's cute. just not
1: smart, either. No. I mean, and, and also, like, that is not how defamation works. No. Like, the judge basically was like... Um, you can't sue someone for defamation for saying things that are true about you. Right. Because he wasn't saying that he didn't do these things. He was, he was just,
2: just, he was mad that the paper wrote, wrote about, about it. Wrote
1: about it, right. So, obviously, he loses that case. Yep. Um, And then, five years later, he disappears off the, you know, he goes off the radar, and then five years later, he returns to this paper and guns people down. And that was kind of the story that we had heard, and, like, mm-hmm. was kind of spread around. But, however, and this will be, a huge surprise to you, I'm absolutely sure.
2: Are you being sarcastic? Yes. Oh, okay. So I
1: thought <laughs> he, he is a Incel? Trump supporter. Oh, okay. That's enough. Yeah. I mean um, same thing, right? And he had once once threatened the paper over their coverage of Trump, tweeting. Oh, yeah, I saw I saw that part. Yeah, yep. he tweeted that things could end badly for them yep. after they called Trump unqualified. Yep. So you have this: you have a guy who obviously is unstable and entitled, as evidenced in his stalking behavior, a Trump supporter who has already threatened the paper. So he has had two um, interactions with this paper, and then also something that happened early last week was Milo Yiannopoulos. Who, do you know who that is? No. He is a right-wing, like, um... He is a right-wing, alt-right kind of dude. I think he wrote for Breitbart for a while. Okay. He came into hot fire or under fire because he said something about, like, how it should be legal for, like, gay boys to be with, because he's gay, gay boys should be allowed to be with, like, adult men. And, like, and so people were like, you're a pedophile. And so he went okay, away for yeah. a minute. And now he's back. And he said last week that um, he called for gunning journalists down on site. And you pair this... Wait, who called for that? Milo.
2: Called for gunning, gunning ju- down journalists,
1: journalists on site. And then later this week was the shooting at the Gazette. So
2: this guy probably saw it and was like... Could have. I agree with you. Could
1: have. I mean, and also, I mean, you've got Trump, who is constantly calling for violence yeah, against journalists, has constantly true. said things like that um, against I mean, it's journalists. it's
2: just... It's one of those things because even though he did have a history of like calling out this paper you wouldn't automatically assume that this person harassing you is going to turn into violence of course I think not that there's so many people on the internet that like go nuts over those certain institutions and businesses because they're saying things that they don't like of course so they're probably like this annoying guy like get him off our back they probably you know get I mean? that all the time i mean I exactly think... so it's like that can't even be seen as a a, as a red flag, or do you need to take everything so seriously nowadays? You can't. Like, everything is a red I flag. I don't think you can. I mean, honestly. I mean, it would take up so much time. Because
1: honestly, like, let's put this in perspective of like you and I. If yeah. we took everything that everyone said on our Facebook or our Instagram, like, as a real actual threat? We would never sleep again. It's true.
2: Well, I remember when I thought we were hacked. We thought that that guy who was like because I'm a, guy hack threat- you. a guy a right guy threatened off. to hack us and then like, we no.
1: had problems with our social media. Um yeah, so I mean, and by the way, I took a screenshot of the guy, that guy's page because his page says incel on it. <gasps> I blocked him, but anyway. Um And I reported his profile, but it doesn't matter. Um, But yeah, I mean, you can't... You probably get these threats all the time. You get tweets at you all the time saying, you know, take this story down, do this. Yeah, Yeah. if you took
2: everything seriously, you
1: would... You wouldn't get anything done. You wouldn't get anything done. That would be your whole life. So, um... You wouldn't be able to do anything for them to get mad about. The next step in this fucked up story Mm -hmm. is that then Hannity, Sean Hannity... Indicated that he thought that Maxine Waters could be to blame for this. Saying, I've been saying for days that something horrible was going to happen because of the rhetoric. Really, Maxine? You want people to create, call your friends, get in their faces? Because Maxine Waters advocated for public protest, And she said, call your friends, get in their faces, get out there. And so Sean Hannity is just like, well, this is what happens when you this get in w- people's faces. A, this isn't
2: a protest. No.
1: And, it, like, and... It, It's not... You can't blame... If you get in someone's face, and you don't touch them, but you get in their face, and you're you're outspoken about your beliefs, and they stab you, it's not your fault for getting in their face. It's their fault for stabbing you. For stabbing you. you. And he also also pinned it on Obama, saying... um, Obama said that a little 2009. I know. Thanks, Obama. (laughs) Um, Obama said that too. Get in their faces. Call them out. Call your friends. Get protesters. Follow them into restaurants and shopping malls and whatever else she said. And somehow he's pinning this connection when Trump has literally advocated for violence against journalists. It's unbelievable. And also,
2: gymnastics. Yeah. And
1: and also, Maxine Waters has had to cancel two events because of death threats. The irony. Like, you're saying that her rhetoric is call causing this shooting whenever what you've said about her is causing her to cancel events because of death threats.
0: Hold my beer! I know!
1: Like, and then additionally, this is the last thing I'll say about this, I just find this story, the way it's unfolding as far as, like, the cultural wars between the right and the left to be so fascinating. Because, in addition, um, one of the uh, people who were working at the Gazette, who was a co-worker of the people who just got killed and had to be in an open shooter situation, which is horrifying. So a traumatized person, right? He says... He said to a news outlet, he said, so thanks... Oh, no, he tweeted. Sorry, he tweeted. So thanks for your thoughts and prayers, but I couldn't give a fuck if nothing else is coming. Yes! And Marco Rubio, in response... Marco Rubio, who, by the way, we all remember him from Parkland. Yeah. Right? Marco Rubio tweeted in response... Sign of our times. The F word is now routinely used in news stories, tweets, etc. It's not even F asterisk anymore. Who made that decision? That's what you're going to focus on? The fact that this man just saw his co-workers get mowed down and he used the word fuck is the problem that you have with this situation? Like, not that he had to live through a traumatic situation where nothing is being done?
2: Keegan, you know what's wrong?
1: <sighs> Everything?
2: Prayer needs to be back in school. <laughs> We just need to pray a little more Madigan (laughs) Okay, I watched Have you watched the show uh, Sinner? I haven't
1: yet, but I want to Jessica Biel? Jessica Biel, I I
2: watched four episodes today where? On Netflix. It's on Netflix. <gasps> oh, I'm going to watch Start it. Start watching it because you will get into it. And oh, so I know I will. There's, like, this whole... I'm not going to, like, give any, any spoilers, but, I mean, the show is called Sinner. She comes from a back, like a super Catholic background where it's like, your sister's sick because you did a bad... Because you ate chocolate and, like... Guilt you a on it and, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, I mean, that's just, like, fresh in my mind. But it's also, like, a narrative that's used a lot is that well, there's a lack of prayer. And I mean, it, it is the... It's so common for them to point out the F word rather than point out the actual thing that's going on, as well as it's common to point out the fact that there's a lack of prayer. You know what I mean? Yeah. People are going to be looking for other things to call upon rather than... Focus on the actual issue. Right. I
1: mean, and that's what I was going to say is, like, having grown up in a somewhat evangelical background, I can say that this is often a distraction technique to be like, well, we don't need to listen to anything that they say if they use bad language. Like, their brain turns off at the F word. Yeah,
2: because they're going to point to that. But the thing is, is that, you know, people, people, I mean... I'd love to talk about swearing just in general sometimes we will. on this podcast. We will. Because I feel like a lot of people see it as, like, just as a bad word. But really, there are times, I feel like, for me, where it's like, what else can you say? Nothing
1: else is suitable.
2: Yeah, it's like, it, that is something that I, like, when I hear someone curse, even though I curse all the time, there is a certain weight to it, especially if somebody like him, who's in a lot of pain, is saying this fucking thing. It's not this thing. When he's angry.
1: Thing. Yes, and it... it it yeah.
2: shows yeah. the anger and the hurt, and like it's
1: it it better explains it, right? Well, there's actually a um, psychological reason behind swearing, and um, I do have on our like list of episodes that I want to do a women who swear episode, yeah. Um, but it could just be people who swear because there is a really good stuff you should know episode about. Swearing, mm-hmm. and there is a psychological reason it releases something in your brain. The plosives, yeah. it, that's they're all curse Like
2: if you if you hurt yourself, yeah, I do that all the time. Yeah, I hit my elbow. Where was I today? That I hit my elbow. I was like, ah, oh, fuck! And it's like that just.
1: Yeah, I can control. Helped. I can control swearing in of front of my because I don't swear in front of my like parents or grandparents or whatever. And I can control it except. Like one time, I was on the phone with my mom, and I did that. I like hit my elbow or something, and I was like, "Shit!" Because it's just like there is something. It's an automatic kind of response, and if you don't say "shit," you say if you don't curse, you still say something that's oh, like, "Shoot!" Yeah, oh, exactly, darn. because it's a it's a response. And as someone who curses all the time, yeah. um, I realize that that's not the case for me all the time. It's just the way that I talk, right? But um, I just think to point to that is just grasping for straws on Marco Rubio's. Yes. You know, you know. But
2: that's, but that's what they have to do. Yeah, yeah. That's what has to be done. So
1: we'll move on from this because yes. we've been talking about it for a while.
2: Okay, so my thing that I want to talk about, which might be something that's on your list as well, is the Thailand soccer team. Who was no. trapped in the caves. No, oh, I heard about this. Okay, so I've, I've basically like recruited Chris to be my what's in the news, uh, Researcher, does
1: he just send you things?
2: I just asked him today in the car because I was like, "Fuck, I have your record today." And no, I was like, this is amazing. I, was like, I don't know what to do. And he was like, "Oh, well, you should talk about the soccer team in the caves." And he thought that they were rescued. So as I was
1: reading it, they I were. Was like were him know. Oh no, they they they're not. They're, they've they been found. found. Yeah. So
2: there are 12 boys between the ages of 11 and 16 and their soccer coach. They have been found alive after disappearing in a flooded cave 10 days before. So they were lost on June 23rd. They were going to kind of, like, explore these, this, like, cave system. They, mm, don't do it. Don't do it, guys. But um, the cave system is, I'm going to say this wrong, and I apologize. It's called the Tom Luang Nang Nang? In Nang, Thailand? Nang Nang.
1: yes. I don't know. Tom Luang <laughs> Nang non-cave system. If you're from Thailand, can you please send us an email with that phonetically spelled? I bet I could just Google it. I mean, you could, but Hold wouldn't on. it be more fun to get it from a listener?
2: Okay. It's Let on... us know. If
1: you're from Thailand, please email us, because now I want to know. It's... I'm not seeing
2: any way to... Okay, so I apologize for saying it wrong, but that's not the whole point of the story. So...
1: Can we just say real fast before you move on with this story that, like, being trapped underwater... Or being trapped in a cave...
2: Well, this is like surrounded by water too. It is my
1: nightmare. Yeah. Like if you've ever seen the movie Descent, that is my nightmare. Is like go. I will never go on an undercave diving expedition no, because no, no. I'm just like my fear is getting lost, yeah. getting trapped, and not being able to get out. And it just seems like the most horrifying situation. Yeah. No, thank you. I'm
2: trying to remember the name of this movie, and if you guys know it, let let me know. Maybe I'll think of it later. But there was a movie that I watched with my parents. When I was little, we're, like, this husband and wife, and they're, like, newborn baby. What? Um... They like spin off the road or something happens and then they're like trapped in snow and they're like. Also bad. Stuck. Oh, it's horrible. Like, I just had these weird Claustrophobia fears then, are the worst. Okay, and then just listening to my favorite murder and they talk about sinkholes Ugh. a lot. Oh, yeah, you're afraid of sinkholes. I have such a fear of sinkholes because it's like you're there one second and then you're fucking gone. Ugh,
1: guys, it's weird. Really, all of it. Being trapped anywhere. It's intense. In a small space. Uh-uh. No thank Not you. Not a fan. Oh, we're going to tiny any closet. Being can. buried alive? <laughs> worst. Uh, the worst. Okay, anyway, okay. This, we're talking about all of our fears. We're getting. So
2: check. Well, but you can imagine how these kids. Horrifying. Feel. And they were l- gone for 10 days and no one knew where they were. It's exactly. insanely long but period is, of time. Wait, okay, so if
1: no one knew where they were, they must not have known which caves they were going to. Well, here's what I've heard. I've heard that with these, because people disappear in these caves like all the time, which is again, yeah. why are you taking children well, on this a field is trip? the thing.
2: They were about 300 to 400 yards behind a section of cave that was on higher ground.
1: So maybe well, they. Well, but that's what I mean is like. I don't think you should be taking kids on these kinds of expeditions, period, because from what I understand, and I could be totally wrong about this, but from what I understand is that these caves connect to different tunnels, and... It happens semi-frequently that people will get lost in another section or, like, water will come gushing in and push you into another section. And then no one knows where you are because you've been transported somewhere else.
2: Speaking of adults taking kids where they shouldn't be, real quick sidebar. And maybe I'll put this at the end. Did I ever tell you the story about how my Spanish teacher in fifth grade tried to take us all to Cuba? No! Yes, she was like, I'm going to take you all to Cuba. And Why Cuba when you could go to Mexico? It's right there. I don't know, Keegan. I think this woman was nuts. So I go home and I'm like, Mom, Miss So-and-so is going to take us to Cuba. And she's like, no, she's not. And I was like, well, Kelsey said her mom is going to allow her to do it. And my mom was like, I doubt it. My mom would probably so, let me do that. <laughs> so like, all, like all she calls my friend's mom and like they're all talking to each other. And they're like, no, I'm not letting them. But in my mind, I'm like, my mom sucks because I'm going to be the one person not able to go on this trip. So I get to school the next day, and everyone's like, oh, my mom wouldn't let me either, my mom wouldn't let me. And she's, like, fired. She's gone, like, within a day. Well, that's day. sketchy as hell. She, yeah, she. there was something going on. Because to take a group of 10-year-olds, 10, 10 and 11-year-olds to Cuba, And really, out of
1: the blue, like, you just decided that?
2: Like We were talking about Cuban countries, I think, because... We were in Spanish class. Like, I think we, it, like, was brought up and she was still finding it strange. Still Maybe she had taken a vacation there. I don't remember. It's super sketchy. Nothing
1: against Cuba at all. No, I'm just saying that the situation has that changed. At the time, yeah. it
2: was scary, especially to go to Cuba, to be taking a group of 10 and 11 year we have an embargo? No, yes. Yeah. No, don't, don't do that. So, Any, I'm sorry, I got off. Track. No, but I'm But with it's you. about adults taking you into places that are not that safe. That they
1: shouldn't. Anyway, should have
2: done that. So these kids are lost. They're lost. So rescue teams are looking for alternative entrances and attempting to drain water from the cave before moving the group. Um, it could take weeks, and the group w- will also be taught like how to dive in the meantime, uh, which I would assume is very hard to do just through, like, communication. And it must suck to, like, be their family where they're so close, but they're so far. And you and, don't you know, know
1: exactly where.
2: Exactly. And they're saying that food will be sent that should last them four months. But the thing is that even sending the food could be incredibly dangerous. Right. Uh, yeah, because
1: I know that they, they, they found them. Yeah. Like, in my in my... I, I watched a thing about this, or yeah. I saw something about this online, and they found them. But because of where they are, they're very difficult to get to. They so are. it and, could they take. Hear them. There's a right. boy that
2: says, "Oh, they want to take a picture. Tell them we're hungry. I haven't had anything to eat." Um, they were able to do kind of like an informal medical evaluation, and they they do like green zone, yellow zone, red zone. And all of them are in, like, the green zone. So, fairly, maybe some, like, minor injuries. That's amazing. It's amazing. They said some may be more in the yellow zone. But they said, overall, like, they're, they're stable. So, um... So, like we were saying, it's thought that rising waters trapped the group. So, yeah, basically the waters yeah. came up and they flooded went, them in there.
1: Yeah, they went one place, and they thought they were going to be in that one place, yep. and then water came Probably and swept them. Probably went
2: a little far, you know, something yeah. happened. American cave rescuer Anmar Mirza says trying to
1: take non-divers
2: through a cave is one of the most dangerous situations as possible.
1: Why would you do it when they're, like, 10 to 16? Why? Why, why, why?
2: Yeah, and they, but you know what? Now they have to, they have to learn. And this mom is like, I'm going to make my son his favorite meal, like his favorite, like Thai fried omelette when he gets out. And like, God, my they're heart. They're feeling a bit of hope because they were found. Yeah, then they're okay. But now it's going to be, it's going to start settling in. That's like, oh my God, are they going to be able to
1: get out? I have faith they're going to be able to get them out of there. Have but... faith.
2: I have faith, too. And, I mean, we are so resilient. Humans are so yeah. smart, so resilient, and, and when children. you are in survival mode, you will do what you can do to get out. And so, I have faith. But I wanted to bring it up, uh, even though it is kind of a downer. So it's in. No, but it's hopeful to me. That's attention. to
1: me that's hopeful. Like to me that's so hopeful. Like it I know, but they're
2: saying it could take months. They
1: need it, to get food could, to these kids. It could, you know? but at the same time, they know where they are. They yep. didn't a moment ago. Yep. They're all still alive. Yep. When in reality like they could have been dead by now like if they'd been trapped in a saltwater cave like not freshwater like who
0: knows you know hi i'm april and i'm steph and And we're we're from from the the first first podcast podcast. do you like pop culture news reviews and discussion are you deeply invested in army hammer and timothy chalamet's friendship do you constantly find yourself debating which hollywood chris is best have you lost sleep over the horror that is ben affleck's back tattoo then Then we're we're the the podcast podcast for you. you Every few weeks, we get together to talk about what we're enjoying or what we're looking forward to in the world of TV, film, music, and more. You can find us on iTunes, SoundCloud, and Stitcher by searching for The Thirst Podcast, and you can also find us over on Twitter, at The Thirst, or on Instagram, at The Thirst Pod. Listen to an episode and let us know what you think.
1: Bye! Bye. Um, okay, so the next thing that I have is Guy Pierce implies that he was harassed by Kevin Spacey while working on LA Confidential.
2: Remind so, me what Guy Pierce
1: looks like. He Looks like this. Okay. He was in, like, I know, he's cute. He's kind
2: of a... He's cute. Kind of a dilf.
1: Okay, so in a forthcoming interview with the Australian, uh, with an Australian talk show host, Guy Pierce, who was in, he was in, like, M- Memento is mm-hmm. a big one that he was in. Um, let me see. What was he in kind of recently? I think he was in The King's Speech. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he was like the the brother of Colin Firth yeah. in The King's Speech. Um, that's a great movie. It is a great movie. Um, so he was in LA Confidential in 1992 mm-hmm. and this is what he had to say. So it's kind of interesting. I imagine it must be difficult or just weird for actors to be asked about situations like this this mm-hmm. far 1992, okay? Like I'm a little a wee baby at this point. Right. So
2: Wait, what year is this, 92? Yeah. This
1: year I was born. Yeah, yeah. So, I mean, like, um, what a strange thing, like, as an established actor to be asked about this stuff now. Yeah. Um, And this is what he said. He said, tough one to talk about at the moment. Amazing actor. Incredible actor. Um, Slightly difficult time with Kevin, yeah. He's a handsy guy. (gasps) Thankfully, I was 29 and not 14. (gasps) Oh, man. Yeah, so without actually saying, like, he did shit to me, he's saying, like, it was weird, and he definitely was a handsy. Well,
2: and it seems like he may have even seen, or, I mean, he knows about that he likes young boys. Well, I think that's what he's...
1: I don't know know how many young boys were on LA Confidential. Right, but he may have been aware. Well, I mean, I think... He's aware now because of the accusations, because okay. 15 men have now publicly accused Kevin yeah. Spacey of sexual misconduct. Dude, fuck you, Kevin Spacey. I mean, and it, it upsets me greatly. I hate, I hate that we are watching, as an actor, like, I hate that we are, like, seeing our heroes die, but... I mean, he
2: was never, like, you know, he's a I loved great actor, him. but I'm just, but also it's like, I would rather, I would always oh, rather know the truth. I of know, course. I know you would too, but it's just, it's so... But it sucks. It sucks. Like, yeah. you know, I know Judy Garland wasn't perfect, but if someone were to come up to me and be like, she was a murderer, rapist, I'd be like, no, don't tell me. I know. <laughs> I don't it's, need
1: to know. It's, it's horrible because, I mean, I know a few years ago or, like, when I was in film school, like... Kevin Spacey was definitely an actor I looked up to. I loved his work. I thought he was an incredible actor, and he, he, he I mean, is. you can't take that away from him. He yeah, is an incredible is. actor, but,
2: but he's but his legacy is now forever tainted, by right? And now every
1: time every time I want to watch like a movie with Kevin, every time I want to watch usual Usual Suspects, it's I'm like, like
2: a, can I watch this? Is I it? feel
1: shitty about it and it's like that sucks and I feel like it's happening over and over again with people. Well, um but I'm
2: glad he did say what he said.
1: I mean he answered it truthfully and I think yeah. with as much tact as you can in a situation like that.
2: Yeah. Anything else on that?
1: No that's it. I just wanted to share I it. have something fun. Okay, cool. Do you have something fun? It's not really fun. It's weird. I'll share your weird thing then I'll okay. share my fun Okay, thing. yeah we'll end with the fun thing. So Scarlett Johansson. Yes. Has just been cast uh-huh. to play a uh-huh. transgender man. No, in a movie called Rub and Tug. Nope, nope, nope,
2: nope, nope, nope. ScarJo, end it. Well, Get out of here's it. my out. here's Don't my issue
1: with her. Here's my issue with her. This is the second time she will have faced controversy. The first Did she time, play an
2: Asian woman recently. Yes,
1: in Ghost in the Shell, she yep. received backlash for yellowface for that, and she paired up with the same director from Ghost in the Shell, to do this! No!
2: Okay, the name of the movie is horrifying. I need to know the background on the name of that movie. Second of all, there are so many talented trans men. Mm -hmm. Off the top of my head, Elliot... Oh, God, what is his name? I have to look it up, because he's amazing. He was on uh, The Fosters, he was on uh, Shameless... Elliot Fletcher.
1: Elliot Fletcher. He, I mean... There are
2: so many amazingly well, talented trans people out there that I just don't understand. And what it says to me is that she doesn't... She's not learning she and she doesn't care. She has no respect... She does not for care. ...for any other communities at yeah. all. I at mean, At least the people who have made those mistakes in the past have come out and at least said something and learned from their experiences. But in this... Social climate in this day and age for you to knowingly take a project like that, I'm
1: sorry, you are being incredibly
2: stupid. Yeah, there was a guy sensitive. There
1: was a guy recently who got cast in a role. He was a white guy. Gosh, he's so cute. I'm gonna have to find his um, picture and we can like put it up in the notes Mm -hmm. or whatever. But he um, got cast in a movie and then he realized that the original incarnation of that character in like the graphic novel or whatever it was was an Asian person, and he bowed out of that role.
2: That is gonna. Make you more famous in the long run. And it run. did.
1: Because, like, for the because, time being, it did. Yes.
2: But it's one of those things where it's like somebody is going to have so much respect for you and get you a better role because that is a lasting thing. That's why I know this is kind of off topic, but like for me, the difference between networking and relationships, right? Like, actually being friends and being a loved one of somebody and maintaining that is more valuable. ...than having a business connection. Yeah. And that's what I see with this, is that he's making a relationship with his business, with his job, Mm
1: -hmm. by respecting it. Right, and he's using... Rather than
2: just using these business tactics to get ahead.
1: Right, and it's his... He has his integrity intact. Yes. And you can tell also, this is what really upset me with Johansson, because she put out a statement through her representative, and she said... Tell them they can be directed to Jeffrey Tambor, Jared Leto, and Felicity Huffman's reps for comment, because those three actors have played trans characters before, and it bugs me so much, because I'm like, but you're saying because they did it, you're okay, okay you with it. doing and it? And the other
2: thing is, is that the knowledge that we have, okay, Jared in, Leto... In 10 years,
1: it spans Jared so much. Jared
2: Leto in Dallas Buyers Club, that was a couple years ago, right. but our, that's... a Pre Caitlyn Jenner.
1: Right.
2: That's when a lot of our trans knowledge came kind of. And pre Laverne
1: Cox. Yeah. Yes.
2: This is all, or like maybe even like, you know, around the same time. Yeah. And it's one of those things where you have to understand we don't think it's okay that they did those roles looking back, seeing how transphobic it is. But at the same time, the knowledge in the industry and in the world was not there that we have now. And
1: since you've been called out on this sort of thing before, and, it feels incredibly toned down. And to
2: have no actual comment and just to say, oh, ask that. No. But if that, they did
1: it, then I should be get a pass. That, yeah.
2: may, oh, I'm sorry. I I keep saying people are canceled. Scarlett Johansson, you're I've lost
1: so much book. respect for her. You know what? Um,
2: I, I mean, she was never, like, an actress that I thank was, like, a you. Big fan of.
1: Thank you. I talk... We talk about... I don't about, think
2: she's that good.
1: We talk... Well, I think she's fine, but, like... But I don't think she's
2: anything exceptional. We, I don't think
1: she's anything exceptional. She
2: always sounds like Scarlett Johansson.
1: Um, in... Not to... Not to plug, but kind of to plug not the episode that just came out today, but next week's episode of My Worst Date, we talk about Scarlett Johansson and how I feel like she's overrated. Like, I'm like, I don't understand. because She's so... got a
2: great voice. Like, I feel like with sure. this voice stuff, it's great. Fine. But she's always...
1: It's fine. She's
2: always Scarlett Johansson. There's nothing about her, to me, I feel like that makes her go above and beyond in any sort of way. And the fact that she is clinging to these roles that are not meant for her
1: is just making it so well, much worse. and it makes me feel like she's in it for the paycheck. Like, because otherwise... Why, why would you do this? Of you course. know, you know you're going to get bad press. Yes. So you don't care.
2: And because you're getting bad press, I'm sorry, but a lot of people are not going to see your movie. Bad press is good press is not flying as much anymore.
1: Well, I won't see it for sure. Okay.
2: Good. Okay. So let's move on to one happy, funny, wonderful. Thing. Yay! Let's do it. This was on BuzzFeed, and this is the uh, title. This bear just took a dip in a jacuzzi, sipped mm. a margarita, then took a two-hour nap. Yes, honey! That's my ideal weekend. <laughs> yes, honey! Oh, I've been watching so much Queer Eye. It's like I just Babe! Have... <laughs> honey! Cutie! Alright, so this cute little large bear looks like he has a flower behind his ear and he's just like chilling in the jacuzzi like living life he's like playing with a thermometer and like eating the plants and like he's just chilling so i watched that video first before i like read the rest of the article and um so he's
1: basically like at a tiki lounge he's got a flower in he's sipping a margarita i mean it could be
2: something Else, but it looks like he's got a red flower. I'll take I flower. I don't know what it is. I'll so go with
1: flower. I like that. in the
2: yard of a California resident named Mark Huff, and this guy is quoted to say, "My wife came home from work and requested a margarita, so we made a couple margaritas and went out to the pools to relax in the sun. Then I heard some crackling of branches coming from my neighbor's side of the property." He, like, sees the bear and, like, yells to his wife to grab the dogs, thank God. And once, <laughs> Yeah, and once he saw the bear, they, like, rushed back to the house. And then, like, as a little bit of time passed, he was kind of like, okay, what's going on? He said he was within, like, ten feet of this bear, and he's recording it. Like, those videos, and he's this bear is just living its best life. Oh. So, for a while, he's, like, chilling in the jacuzzi, and he, this guy... Mark Huff describes him as being playful and kind of cute, even though he's huge. And so then this, the bear saunters over to the margarita. So the wife, because she has her priorities straight, grabs her margarita. Hell yes! And the dogs, and runs back in. Like, you're on your own. Like, like <laughs> I got my, I need my margarita for what's about to go down. So, but the husband leaves his. So, like, the bear is so funny, walks over to this table and just, like, knocks it over. And then starts lapping it, it up. up. Oh, cute! He's He's like, this is good, and then the bear is like a little tipsy, and he's like sauntering around the backyard, and then like finds a tree and like
1: climbs up the tree and takes
2: a two-hour nap.
1: I love it, so cute, living yeah. my best life, right? Exactly, this bear is. he's
2: living the fucking dream, and so the, the guy is like, I, you know, I, looking back, I really shouldn't have been as close to the bear as I was, but he was like really interested in what was going on, and like, yeah, he just like had his own little day. Listen,
1: I believe with my whole heart and soul that I am going to die petting something that I shouldn't, like, because I, I just think that all animals are so cute. I mean, I love, except for, I saw a hairless raccoon recently. Ooh. Let me show you, because it's appalling.
2: You know what I saw? I went to the zoo with T this week, and I saw a Tasmanian devil, and they were so fucking cute they're so cute i want to cuddle one so oh, bad they're like fat dogs i love mixed with it pigs. so cute
1: <gasps> Are you appalled by this picture of the hairless raccoon? Oh,
2: your friend who hates raccoons is going to be so mad at me for mentioning
1: no, it. I talked about this. I was at lunch with her yesterday with my other friend Amy, and um, we talked about this. It's why I have it saved. And she was across the table, and she's like, do not show that to me. Like, she didn't want to <laughs> see it. And I'm like, I barely wanted to see it, and me. I like raccoons.
2: Oh, my God. That's anything hairless that's supposed to happen.
1: Yeah, very creepy. Very creepy. Oh, Boy, well, so I just wanted to share that because
2: that's what summer's all about, you know, taking a jacuzzi. yeah, sipping on some and margaritas. it's really
1: feeling like summer now that it's July. I'm like it's the
2: Fourth of July. Yes,
1: it, this is when summer hits you hard, and I'm digging it. And the Fourth of July is when so. It, for anyone who knows me, they know
2: that my birthday is the most important day of the year for me.
1: I like, love my birthday, too. It's Same. It's just,
2: it's all about me. I don't care what I do, but you need to give me all my attention. Attention, attention, attention. My birthday is on Monday, and so the 4th of July for me is, like, when I start feeling that, like, birthday, like, Oh Yes. And so, y'all better not forget my birthday.
1: On Monday. <laughs> so, send Madigan <laughs> all of, like, this, um, we will have an episode coming out on Monday. So, definitely send Madigan all of your, like, happy birthday texts and emails. Not texts, because yeah. you don't have her phone number. No, but, no I'm um, not
2: going to give you my, I love you guys, but I'm not giving you my we phone number. We are not doing
1: that. Um, should we read a couple Sister Solidarity stories? Oh my gosh, yes, I totally
2: forgot We haven't done that, that in a while. do that. Mm. Guys, we haven't had any new ones in a while, so please, yeah. please, 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 please send us some more. So... We are going to read Vanessa's third and final, and I just want to let you guys know that this is the only sister solidarity story that we have right now in our emails, so we need you guys to help us out and send us some stories. Even if you've sent them to us before, Vanessa has sent us stories before, and we will always continue to read hers. Don't feel like it's, like, a one-time thing that we'll pick yours. Like, we don't get enough. And in fairness, we haven't asked for them
1: in a while, so... <laughs>
2: <laughs> we mentioned it briefly, but please, 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 please send in your sister solidarity stories. We will definitely read them next episode if you send them to us this week. We really do need them. It would be a really big help. Yes. So, on to Vanessa's story.
1: Okay. So, it says, does it count as sisterhood if it was a man? Yes. I was traveling with my son. He was one and a half at the time, so let me put this in your head. Trying to get from car to gate was insane in trying to hold child strapped to me, drag bag, car seat, stroller, and alone. Shout out to all single parents. Holy shit. Anyway, we get things checked in, go through security, and arrive at the gate to find out the flight was delayed three hours. Nope. Not to mention that we were going to be on a six-hour flight, and now we would arrive very late in the evening on the East Coast where we were traveling. But what can you do? So my son Joey and I found some stairs, we walked, we had snacks, we washed our hands, we rode the elevator, and on the plane we opened and closed the window shade 5,000 times. I feel you. As you do with a one-and-a-half-year-old. I feel you, Joey. I do the same thing. (laughs) We went to the bathroom, danced in our seat. I was exhausted and spent. By the time we arrived and were waiting for our luggage at the baggage claim, a man came over to me and said, Watching you today has been a treat. There is a special place for angels like you. You never lost your cool, and your son has so much energy. You are doing wonderful work. Well, after a day like that, I shed a few tears and thanked him for sharing that with me. It not only made my day, but I can draw on that when it is hard to have patience when I am struggling. That message of encouragement has stayed with me. And if you see something like that, please share it. The impact is huge.
2: We have gotten so many messages from Vanessa where people compliment her parenting. Uh,
1: she's an amazing mom. Can she
2: adopt me? Like, I need a mom in California. <laughs> you sound like the most A-plus mom ever. Um, and first of all, yes, a sister solidarity story can most definitely involve men. Um, if a man is doing something that is particularly feminist or pro woman or pro parent in this in this uh, instance, or just something
1: that you really needed, like because I can totally see that situation of me being in that situation. By the way, I definitely would have lost my cool. I'm not that calm, cool, and collected, um, so it, I can totally see just needing that, like yeah. in that moment, needing someone to give you like a pick me up.
2: And to me, I see that man as being someone who is in touch with himself enough to be able to know to say something to her and to point it out. And, like, that's a very, like, with it guy. Agreed. A very thoughtful, empathetic man. So I applaud him greatly, whoever he is. Um Yeah,
1: thank you. And again, I I think we've said this before, but it's something that I try to adhere to in my personal life. Um if you see it,
2: say something. If you see
1: it, say something. If someone and it doesn't even have to be that extreme of like you've watched someone potentially having a bad day and dealing with it and watching it develop over several hours. Yeah. But even if you just see someone whose hair looks nice today, yeah, tell I just them told that their Keegan hair looks like, nice. I like your shirt. Yeah, like let people know. Like if you think that they look Cute. Or you think that, you know, whatever it is, just let them know. Yeah, not in a creepy way. If you're a dude, just know that there are levels to this. Oh god, but,
2: I have I have such a creepy airport dude story that I won't tell right now. I'll tell another time. Yeah, that's so let's, not let's on on a, a
1: lot of tangents. Well, and on a high note, but <laughs> Yeah, I guarantee you we will eventually have an episode of like men making you feel uncomfortable in public stories because I had one today. So,
2: Good. Great. Wonderful. Can't wait to hear it off of the recording so you guys uh one more uh reminder to send your sister solidarity stories if you want to keep sending us your coming out stories you're bummed that you missed the opportunity we totally still want to hear them and we still want to share them for sure ever want to let our lgbtqia i think i'm using that right yes plus plus friends down We want to make sure that you guys are always visible, not just during Pride Month. Or if you just have a story to share or, you know, whatever.
1: Yeah, look, listen, our inbox and our DMs are open for anything. I think we got a really sweet one today that I need to respond to in our DMs. I Um, haven't seen
2: that. You
1: gotta let me know, girl. Sorry, I Jesus. was Jesus. How was at work today. Yeah, I was whatever. Distracted. Yeah, whatever. You were off. You should find these things. Uh, you um, got it before me. My God. Okay. Um. But so, if you want to send us anything, if you just want to like. Say hi or chat, or you need a friend. Um, we're here for that. Always happy to, you know, be that friend for you. Always. Um, I want to remind you guys that we are going to be performing
2: our first live show on July 14th. Our dear, dear friend Ariel, whose birthday was yesterday. Happy birthday, girl. Uh, She is starting her own business called The Swallows Flight. It's going to be a tea and bookshop. So if you are in the Los Angeles area, go to the link in our bio... And uh, follow her on Instagram. She's got the cutest aesthetic I've ever seen in my yeah. life. Her store is going to be adorable. And we are going to do like a 30 minute kind of episode about our favorite literary feminists.
1: Yeah. So if that's something that you're interested in, we are going to try and record that. But I mean, it, you know, it, it may happen,
2: it may not. So yeah. We're gonna, so if we're you live best. in the
1: LA area and that's something you're interested in seeing or hearing, um, please come see us live. We would be super happy to have you there and to have the support because I know I'm going to be nervous i'm always nervous when it comes to things like this yeah um and please it really helps us a ton when you rate review subscribe on apple podcasts um it's it's super helpful for us it's
2: incredibly helpful and not to mention it makes our day
1: yeah oh god i love reading positive reviews so if you haven't left a positive review and you like me even a teensy tiny bit Please. Even
2: if you hate Madigan and love Keegan. Even if you just
1: love me. Just focus. <laughs> eyes just up here. All on Ke- eyes, eyes over here. here. All on
2: Keegan. You're like, Madigan fucking sucks or vice versa but Keegan fucking rocks still give her a five star review or vice versa um, yeah. If,
1: if you like either one of us even a modicum um, please I like that
2: word please
1: uh, rate us and rate based on the person that you like not the person you don't like that's very true. important that's very true yeah um,
2: don't don't I mean we take constructive criticism but we'll let's but here's the deal we'll move here's back. the deal not during, not during a rate yeah, constructive
1: <laughs> criticism email that yeah. If you're going to uh, review us, give us five stars, please. <laughs>
2: Love it. Love it. Okay. So, listen to us on Spotify, iHeartRadio, Radio Public, Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Google Play. Um, fucking wherever you get your podcast. Anywhere fucking else. Um, send us your news stories that you want us to hear talk about because I don't want to do all this work. Like, help me a little bit. I'm tired. I'm tired, guys. Listen. My my ciders are kicking in. I'm getting a little frisky here. I like, I it.
1: drank my whole drink, so goodbye. Um, okay. So, uh, you guys, I think that's everything that we had to tell you.
2: So, I guess with that, we encourage you to, to rage, rage on. on. Oh. Bye.